to hear the birds that I hear right now. It's 5.30 in the morning. Listen to this. dove that's like and there's a chirping bird and where we live there's like a few hundred crows that occasionally show up they're like flying over a bunch of houses it is it's a little creepy looking it looks like a cloud you can tell why why i can't sleep now though It may not sound loud here, but it's very loud to me. <laughs> oh, right. oh my gosh. are loud so here we are another early morning let's see had a had a great date night last night with um really good friends whom I love dearly they I mean I they wanted to go to a bunch of bars, <clears throat> and I'm not like a huge bar person. That beeping is my backup indicator. It tells me how close I am to hitting someone. Um, yeah, my my friends, Bolton and his wife, we were hanging out with them last night. They like going to bars and drinking alcohol. I really don't. It's kind of expensive. Uh, but we had a blast hanging out with them because they're, um, I would call them in the same life stage as us, sort of. I mean, they have a, let's see, they have a, uh, um, 17-year-old and a 12-year-old. We at least have a 12-year-old. But they're believers and went to a brewery in our town and we went to like a tiki bar then we went to a dive bar at the other night I was a little tipsy and your mom had uh, she lost an earring that she actually went back with your grandpa to get and they found it uh, fun fact about your mother she it is impossible for her to say the word brewery she says Bewery. She cannot say bruh, the bruh sound. It's a she says Bewery, which is funny. Now, the, the other thing that's funny is I remember your um, great grandma, your tall grandpa's mom. She could not, never say the word lawyer. It always came out liar. But it's, I think it's an accent. I'm, she was not being passive aggressive or funny or anything like that. She would always just say liar. Liar. Uh, well, funny things. 
I shouldn't be one to talk. I had a speech impediment for many years that most of you boys have. So, couldn't really sleep. Been up since like four. And I woke your mom up, I think, just loud. It's hard to concentrate. Work and life. Hopefully we're planning on hanging out with the entrepreneur's godparents today. They live in San Francisco. They said they had a free day, so they want to go to our alma mater and have, a, I think, a picnic. I'm not really, I could care less about having a picnic, but I'm sure the namesake will want to bring a soccer ball to play soccer. And, uh, you know, what are you guys doing? reading uh, Second Kings chapters 9 through however far I could get within reason. It's Saturday so today is the day we usually do a lot of cleaning and uh, hopefully we get some cleaning done before we go out because <clears throat> if we get a lot of cleaning done you guys have a good attitude. Your mom is typically in a better mood than usual. Yeah, it must be low tide because the sandbar is exposed. Just driving over the bridge. Oh, I'm yawning a lot. Sorry about that. It'll be less, uh, what's it called? It'll be a lot less talking today because I decided not to drive all the way to the other side of the town to get Pete's. There's a Starbucks pretty close by that's a drive through and I'm almost positive it's open at like 15 minutes ago. It's like a quarter to six. So I'll have some Starbucks. And then when I get home, I think I'll start working on a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'll um, do the dishes. Your mom doesn't like doing the dishes after she's showered. She says this dirty smell of the dishes gets in her hair, which I find kind of hard to believe, but... Um, because I'm so attracted to your mother, I want to maximize the chances of me showering with her. So when I get home, after reading this to you guys, I will be doing the dishes as quietly as possible. Hopefully I don't wake her up. Gotta get her some earplugs. <sighs> I will never wear earplugs because it's not my job to not hear things. It's my job as the man of the house to hear everything that happens. With, which I'm sure you'll laugh at now. I'm sure I've missed a lot of stuff that you guys have snuck past me, which I'll laugh at then. But it is not my role to have earplugs in. It's kind of, and I, I really don't want to sound misogynistic, but it's okay for women to have earplugs in when they sleep. Not men. Maybe when I'm older, I'm, you know, don't have to worry about four kids and a wife. Maybe I'll wear earplugs. Cause it's like, yeah, go ahead, attack me. Is it open? Is it open at six? The lights are on. Such a narrow pathway. Let me see. I don't see anyone in there. Let's go to trusty Google. What's Google say? Oops. 
Let's see. I thought it opened at 5.30. Or 5. Nope. These are not open. Huh. Alright, well. Signs are out. It's kind of odd. No, there's nobody there. Huh. Quarter to six. Well, then I know what we're going to do. We're going to go to my office. <clears throat> we're going to read the Bible. <coughs> then I'll head home. I just saved myself like six dollars. Oh. oh, boy. So. Maybe we'll make some tea. Your mom doesn't like the smell of coffee. truck says service engine soon. There's a light that says service engine soon. I'm not really keen on driving this car that much while that light is on. It's a little frustrating. So, what should I do? I was going to say that was, there won't, probably won't be a lot of preamble because I'm going straight to read, but I kind of like to have something to drink while I'm reading because keep my... <clears throat> mouth hydrated, because talking out loud um, is, pretty, is actually pretty dehydrating. You really need a lot of water. You lose, lose a lot of moisture when you're talking out loud. I had clients in my office yesterday, in my office for like 90 minutes. They kept saying pretty much the same thing over and over again. And and because I wanted their business, I couldn't say, yeah, you've already said that four times. I was running a tally in my head. They say the same thing over and over again about seven, seven times in different ways. And I, I was, towards the end of the 90 minutes, I was like, okay, maybe I don't want their money. You just have to leave my office. But I, did, I didn't do that. You should be proud of me. Uh, just driving. This must be boring to listen to. Can't imagine. Oh. Driving past your kids' elementary school. It's a big school. Ooh, I'm going way too fast. Slow down. So I'm going to be very exhausted in about five hours because I'll have been up like nine or ten. <sighs> Which is hard because your mom's going to get really upset at me when I start getting sleepy. So I'm not looking forward to that. In a way, I'm kind of looking forward to finishing this. I feel like I've bit off way more than I could chew. And I'm going to finish it. It's just... It's a lot. It's a lot to, to record yourself reading through the Bible. I wonder if you guys will even want this. <laughs> you know. So much content out there. What if you guys? Excuse me. If it will even matter. 
go home. You know what I'm gonna do? There's a, there's a Starbucks close to the beach. We're, we're gonna go to that. We're going to uh, do that. I see a lot of people jogging. I am not doing that. Would love to lose like 20 pounds, but I am not. I'm not jogging. guys are doing in your life, what stresses you have, what praises, I wonder if you guys are in relationships with someone, I wonder if I approve, in many ways I won't, just so you know, in many ways I won't approve of you guys dating, because I have such a high opinion of all of you, no one will ever be good enough for you guys, ever, ever, ever. call the entrepreneur my precious jewel. I get that from a movie called West Side Story. There's a scene in it where the one of the main characters' name is Bernardo and he has a sister named Maria and he's very protective of her and she's she's pretty much like why are you so protective of me? Or I don't know, there's some dialogue and he says my sister is a precious jewel and I feel that way about all of you. Unfortunately, I only call the entrepreneur my precious jewel, but I mean, because you're my daughter. Okay, now is McDonald's open? It's, it's 5.52. I see some of the, okay, I see a worker. And this, I really want to get one of these workers to um, know me. Because then I, I want to tell your mom I, I rarely go here. And then I want to like drive up to the drive-thru and have them be like, Hey, George, how's life? How are your kids? Which, hang on, let me see. Let's roll the window down. Are you guys open? Hi, I'll get you back down. How can I help you? Yeah, can I have a number two with a large Coke? And that's it. Okay, thank you very much. Alright, they are open. I'm sorry, I'm sniffling so much. This is not good noises. Hi, how you doing? No, I'm good. I need a record of me buying food when I really shouldn't be. I'm certainly not wondering why I'm overweight. This is definitely the main reason. Ah, that was fast. Thank you. Honestly, I'm probably not even going to eat the food. I did want the drink. I, I felt weird pulling up and being like, yeah, I just want a Coke. Me and my sisters have strong feelings about Coca-Cola from McDonald's. It's, it's the best. And so, 
any anytime you have a chance to buy a, a Coke at, at McDonald's, you, you get it. And it's this this Coke will stay bubbly even after the ice melts and waters it down. But at the same time, it won't lose its taste either. It's something almost magical. You almost want to find the wizard that does this. Alright, so I'm thinking about parking water and reading this on the beach. Maybe I could just walk on the beach. See a huge amount of pelicans. Place to park. There are a lot of places to park here. Gotta be really careful because um, people get on you know, accidents on this place all the time. I may just park in the in the in the mall parking lot. That's probably the best. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. up on Second Kings 9, as I believe, my memory serves me correctly, this will be detailing the anointing of Jehu, 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 King of Israel. I read ahead last night, I'm, I think I read the right chapter, so I don't know. apartments I've never even knew existed. Almost there. Here we are. talking out loud. Sorry kids. I love making big breakfasts for Saturdays. The problem is making them, uh, they usually, we usually get them done at by like noon. So that's not going to work today. Alright. Here we are. Now that noise is done, you have to hear the engine. Or, uh, person give this food to it to, to it to him or her that maybe I'll just do that all right excited for second kings I think we're like a third of the way done with, with kings and it only doesn't go past 20 something 25 26 chapters all right Second Kings, chapter 9. 
Then Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Tie up your garments and take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when you arrive, look there for Jehu the son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, and go in and have him rise from among his fellows and lead him to an inner chamber. Then take the flasks of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee. Do not linger. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead, and when he came, behold, the commanders of the army were in council. And he said, I have a word for you, O commander. And Jehu said, To which of us all? And he said, To you, O commander. So he rose and went into the house, and the young man poured the oil on his head, saying to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anoint you king over the people of the Lord over Israel, and you shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, so that I may avenge on Jezebel, the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab's every male, bond or free, in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Bashah, the son of Ahijah. These names are so hard to pronounce. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. When Jehu came out to the servants of his master and said to him, Is all well? Why did the mad fellow come to you? <laughs> and he said to them, You know the fellow in his talk? And they said, That is not true. Tell us now. And he said, Thus, and so he spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you king over Israel. Then in haste every man of them took his garment and put it under him on the bare steps, and they blew the trumpets and proclaimed, Jehu is king. Thus Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now Joram, with all Israel, had been on guard at Ramoth Gilead against Hazael, king of Syria. But King Joram had returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds that the Syrians had given him when he fought with Hazael, Hazael king of Syria. So Jehu said, If this is your decision, then let no one slip out of the city to go and tell the news in Jezreel. Then Jehu mounted his chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there. And Ahaziah, king of Judah, had come down to visit Joram. Now the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu as he came, and he said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take a horseman and send to meet them, and let him say, Is it peace? So a man on horseback went to meet him and said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What do you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. And the watchman reported, saying, The messenger reached them, but he is not coming back. Then he sent out a second horseman who came to them and said, Thus the king has said, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What do you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. Again the watchman reported, He reached them, but he is not coming back. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. Joram said, Make ready, and they made ready his chariot. Then Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, set out each in his chariot, and went to meet Jehu, and met him at the property of Naboth, uh, Naboth the Jezreelite. And when Joram saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? He answered, What peace can there be, so long as the whorings and the sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many? Then Joram reigned about and fled, saying to Ahaziah, Treachery, O Ahaziah! And Jehu drew his bow with his full strength and shot Joram between the shoulders, so that the arrow pierced his heart, and he sank in his chariot. 
Jehu said to Bidkar, his aide, Take him up and throw him on the plot of ground belonging to Naboth the Jezreelite. For remember, when you and I rode side by side behind Ahab, his father, how the Lord made his pronouncement against him. As surely as I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth, Naboth and the blood of his sons, declares the Lord, I will repay you on this plot of ground. Now therefore take him up and throw him on the plot of ground in accordance with the word of the Lord. When Ahaziah the king of Judah saw this, he fled in the direction of Beth Hagan. And Jehu pursued him and said, Shoot him also. And they shot him in the chariot at the ascent of Gur, which is by <clears throat> Ilblim. And he fled to Megiddo and died there. His servants carried him in a chariot to Jerusalem and buried him in his tomb with his fathers in the city of David. In the eleventh year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahaziah began to reign over Judah. Uh, when Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out the window. And as Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? Two or three eunuchs looked out at him. Oh, sorry. Two or three eunuchs looked out at him. He said, Throw her down. So they threw her down, and some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses, and they trampled on her. Then he went in and ate and drank, and he said, See now to this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. But when they went to bury her, they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. When they, this is dark. <laughs> when they came back and told him, he said, This is the word of the Lord, for which he spoke by his servant, Elijah the Tishbite. In the territory of Jezreel, the dogs ate, the dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the corpse of Jezebel shall be as dung on the face of the field in the territory of Jezreel, so that no one can say, This is Jezebel. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. <clears throat> Chapter 10. Now Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria. So Jehu wrote letters and sent them to Samaria, to the rulers of the city, to the elders, and to the guardians of the sons of Ahab, saying, Now then, as soon as this letter comes to you, seeing your master's sons are with you, and there are with you chariots and horses, fortified cities, and also uh, weapons, select the best and fittest of your master's sons, and set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid, and said, Behold, the two kings could not stand before him. How then can we stand? So he who was over the palace, and he who was over the city, together with the elders and the guardians, sent to Jehu, saying, We are your servants, and we will do all that you tell us. We will not make anyone king. Do whatever is good in your eyes. Then he wrote to them a second letter, saying, If you are on my side, and if you are ready to obey me, take the heads of your master's sons, and come to me to Jezreel tomorrow at this time. Now the king's sons, seventy persons, were with the great men of the city, who were bringing them up. And as soon as the letter came to them, <clears throat> they took the king's sons and slaughtered them, seventy persons, and put their heads in baskets, and sent them to him at Jezreel. When the messenger came and told him they have brought the heads of the king's sons, he said, Lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until the morning. Then in the morning, when he went out, he stood and said to all the people, You are innocent. It was I who conspired against my master and killed him. But who struck down all these? Know then that there shall fall to the earth nothing of the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he said by his servant Elijah. 
So Jehu struck down all who remained of the house of Ahab and Jezreel, all his great men and his close friends and his priests, until he left him none remaining. Then he set out and went to Samaria. On the way, when he was at Beth Aked of the shepherds, Jehu met the relatives of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and he said, Who are you? And they answered, We are the relatives of Ahaziah. We came down to visit the royal princes and the sons of the queen mother. And he said, Take them alive. And they took them alive and slaughtered them at the pit of Beth Aked, forty-two persons, and he spared none of them. And when he departed from there, he met Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he greeted him and said to him, Is your heart true to my heart? Excuse me. Is your heart true to my heart as mine is to yours? And Jehonadab, Jehonadab answered, It is. Jehu said, If it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand, and Jehu took him up with him into the chariot. And he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So he had him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he struck down all who remained to Ahab in Samaria, till he had wiped them out according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to Elijah. Then Jehu assembled... <clears throat> what is that noise? It's weird. Animalistic noise. Then Jehu assembled all the people and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu will serve him much. Right. Okay, let me read that again. Then Jehu assembled all the people and said to them, <clears throat> Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore, call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his worshippers and all his priests. Let none be missing, for I have a great sacrifice to offer to Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu did it with cunning in order to destroy the worshippers of Baal. And Jehu ordered, Sanctify a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent throughout all Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left who did not come. And they entered the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was filled from one end to the other. <clears throat> he said to him, Who is in charge of the wardrobe? Bring out the vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. So he brought out the vestments for them. Then Jehu went into the house of Baal with Jehonadab, the son of Rechab. And he said to the worshippers of Baal, Search and see that there is no servant of the Lord here among you, but only the worshippers of Baal. Then they went into the to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed eighty men outside and said, The man who allows any of those whom I give into your hands to escape shall forfeit his life. Oh my God! <laughs> Wow. So as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, Jehu said to the guard and to the officers, Go in and strike them down. Let not a man escape. So when they put them to the sword, the guard and the officers cast them out into, uh, out and went into the inner room of the house of Baal. And they brought out the pillar that was in the house of Baal and burned it. And they demolished the pillar of Baal and demolished the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. Interesting. Thus Jehu wiped out Baal from Israel, but Jehu did not turn aside from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin, that is, the golden calves that were in Bethel and in Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in carrying out what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab according to what, according to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, and the God of Israel with all its heart. 
he did not turn from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made Israel to sin. In those days the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel. Hazael defeated them throughout the territory of Israel, from the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, the Reubenites, and the Man Manasites, from Aor, which is by the valley of Arnon, that has Gilead and Bashan. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu and all that he did, and all his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Jehu slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria. And Jehoaz, his son, reigned in his place. The time that Jehu reigned over Israel and Samaria was 28 years. Oh, Jehu. You messed up, Jehu. At the end, at least. Let's take a break. Wow, that's pretty, it's actually pretty cunning of Jehu to, <laughs> to uh, say we're going to have an offering to Baal. It, it's, it's a lot like Elijah earlier on. Yeah, it was Elijah um, who called down fire from heaven and was mocking the prophets of Baal. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. Chapter 11. Now, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal family. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away among the king's sons, who were being put to death. She put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Thus they hid from Athaliah, uh, so that he was not put to death. And he remained with her six years, hidden in the house of the Lord, while Athaliah uh, reigned over, over the land. Uh, but in the seventh year, Jehoiada sent and brought the captains of the Karaites and other guards and had them come to him in the house of the Lord. And he made a covenant with them and put them under oath in the house of the Lord. And he showed them the king's son. And he commanded them, This is the thing that you shall do. One third of you, those who come off duty on the Sabbath and the guards of the king's house, another third being at the gate, sir, and a third at the gate behind the guards, shall guard the palace. And the two divisions of you, which come on duty and force on the Sabbath, and guard the house of the Lord on behalf of the king, shall surround the king, each with his weapons and, excuse me, I'm hiccuping, in his hand. And whoever approaches the ranks is to be put to death. Be with the king when he goes out and when he comes in. The captains did according to all that Jehoiada the priest commanded, and they each brought his men who were to go off duty on the Sabbath, and those who were to come on duty on the Sabbath and came to Jehoiada the priest. And the priest gave to the captains the spears and the shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of the Lord. And the guards stood every man with his weapon in his hand, from the south side of the house to the north side of the house, around the altar and the house on behalf of the king. Then he brought out the king's son and put the crown on him and gave him the testimony. And they proclaimed him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. When Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she went into the house of the Lord to the people, and when she looked, there was the king standing by the pillar, according to the custom, and the captains and the trumpeters beside the king, and all the people of the land rejoicing and blowing trumpets, and Athaliah tore her clothes and cried, Treason! Treason! And then Jehoiada the priest commanded the captains, who were set over the army, bring her out between the ranks, and put to death with the sword anyone who follows her. For the priest said, Let her not be put to death in the house of the Lord. So they laid hands on her, and she went through the horse's entrance to the king's house, and there she was put to death. <clears throat> and 
And Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people, that they should be the Lord's people and also between the king and the people. Then all the people of the land went to the house of Baal and tore it down. His altars, his images, they broke in pieces and they killed Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. And the priest posted watchmen over the house of the Lord. And he took the captains, the carites, the guards, and all the people of the land, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, marching through the gate of the guards to the king's house. And he took his seat on the throne of the kings. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was quiet after Athaliah had been put to death with the sword of the king's house. Give me a second. It was. I'm just reading some notes here. Sorry. I can always go one more chapter, I think. Chapter 12 isn't that long, but how long, how long have I been talking? talking for a while i don't even start reading it until like 20 minutes in 37 minutes it's not bad i think we can we can end it right there i don't want to get too i don't want to think quality over quantity oh tired um so what to say I notice this is mo more of a history lesson than anything else. And intertwined in this history lesson of the kings of Israel is like completely wrapped up in it, like a braid, is the relationship between the priests, the prophets, I mean, of God, and the um, the king, the royalty, and it's fascinating to me that they're so intertwined as if it's completely normal. Like now, my lord, if 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 we had a religious leader go to the president and have the president do stuff, there, I mean, there would be so many protests, there would be, there'd be an uproar. Might be one of the reasons our country is just in a downward spiral. You know, before, Billy Graham would, would have, like, an open invite to talk to the president, and they would talk about policy and stuff. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it's easy to cop out and be like, well, religion... There's no place for politics and religion and religion and politics. And unfortunately, that's not the case. That, that's not how I see it. I think politics is inextricably connected into faith. Because they both have to do with people. And religion, our faith, the, the ultimate goal is to save people. Or from eternal hell.
politics seems to be the uh, saving people on earth from whatever external issues they have. So, I don't want, I try not to wax poetic too much, but uh, just heading home. Don't know what else to say. I am tired. Maybe I'll listen to some music when I get home. My AirPods. It's a good way to start the day. If you listen, like you have a favorite worship song, listen to a couple of them right when you wake up. Maybe it'll get your mood right for the day. I'll do that. I was depressed for a long time. I'm still kind of coming out of that. I noticed that I didn't really listen to music during that time. And I didn't read. And I love reading. A lot of things I didn't do that a typical human would enjoy. I would I would advise you guys to listen to some songs you really love when you wake up in the morning. Especially if you're in some depressed state. Heck, even uh, give me a call. Maybe I'll cheer you up. You know, one of, my, one of my biggest fears is that we're estranged and we're not close. That would, that would, that would break my heart. It would really break my heart to know that, that we don't have a connection. I, um, all my life, all I want, oh, there's a homeless guy right there. I turned this car around. All my life, all I've wanted to do was be a dad and be close to my kids so I hope I haven't fouled that up and if you feel like we're estranged I'm, I'm sure it's my fault I'm sure I've done something wrong hang on a second do you want a sausage egg McMuffin? hash browns? No problem. I like the guys. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day. You Breaks my heart. Every time I see a homeless person, I think about their parents. Do their parents know them? I don't know. It just breaks my heart. And I wish I had the ability to bring them into their house and or drive them to see their parents or their family, but there's a lot of reasons why someone's homeless, and I hope none of you are. I, I really hope you guys always have a place to stay somewhere. Uh, yeah, so that, that's my biggest fear, is I did something wrong, and and you guys don't want to talk to me anymore. I'll admit, I didn't talk to my dad too much the last few years of his life. He made me angry with some things he said, and we did bury the hatchet and get over it, but, you know, it's hard to unring a bell. And I hope, I, but I, I mean, I still loved him dearly. And I hope I haven't said something that offended you guys so much that you just don't want to talk to me ever. You know, my, my parents never did that. It just... Please forgive me. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to say dumb stuff 
to you when you guys are adults. No, I already say dumb stuff now. So, I mean, imagine what I'm going to say later on in life. I'm just as full of crap as anyone else, so... Take what I say with a grain of salt. In, in a way. Not when it has to do with faith. This podcast I'm doing for you for, I would want you to take it seriously. But... Anyways... Love you guys so much. And almost home. Just gonna pull around. Eventually, I hope one day we can be friends. We're not at that part. We're not at that at that juncture just yet because you guys are young. But I figure, like when you guys are older, we could be friends. Then we. It's it's hard to be friends when you have to take a very strong parental role. Anyone that's friends with their their young children uh, aren't really good parents. (laughs) All right. Well, just parking right now. And like always, I would say, give your mom a call. If you can, give each other a call. Please be in your siblings' lives. If I had a, cho- a, cho- a choice between you guys being in your siblings' lives or my life, I would choose you to be in your siblings' lives and to build you guys up and always be it. No matter what you guys have done to each other, I would say please always, always love your siblings. And uh, that would really bless me. And uh, give me a call too if you got the time. If you don't, I understand. I was your age once, and uh, so I love you, and in everything you do, do it for the kingdom and the king. God bless. Serve and serve.